the the uh, most important rule: don't die. That's rule number one: don't die. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have have that problem on uh, on this uh, on this podcast. No, not today, man. No, no. Are we ready to roll? Uh, I think so. Should I push a button? Push the button. Okay, sir. let's let's push, push a button. It, push it. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dire Oil Graphics can build for you at direoil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. What's that? If it's free. It's for me. You know, I don't think I've ever anybody ever danced to the music. <laughs> you were kind of grooving to that. That's right. That's, that's pretty awesome. Hey, welcome to Beers with Nigel. I'm Nigel. That's Nick over there. I'm that other guy. It's a show about beer and other stuff. Other things, and, other stuff. And other stuff. Right. And we're definitely doing other stuff today. Welcome to the show, Aaron and Brigitte Jose, the directors and filmmakers of One pint at a time a great 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 documentary about the struggles of people in of color in craft beer welcome to the show guys wow. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're excited they're excited well look i knew i was hoping to get them on about what about 20 seconds after our arrival at the festival well, yeah, because uh, <laughs> you know we won't talk about that. we won't talk about us missing our flight and getting there late, Shh. but we got there just we got there in time to watch the movie, which um, it was it was nice to watch. Thanks for, uh, thanks again for hooking us up to watch it again because um, it was much nicer. Because when we watched it at the ballroom, we were so far away, it was a different experience watching it in my in my living room. <laughs> so you know, but. It was a, a really, a really great documentary. I know Nick got to watch it last night. Uh, yeah, it, it was cool to see, you know, a lot of those people that I had met before. So that was, that was super cool. But before we get into the film, let's 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 knock out some uh, administrative things. Uh, <laughs> administrative procedural <laughs> parts procedural, of this podcast. Yeah, yeah this, uh, <laughs> uh, everybody has beer. What are you guys drinking? Yeah, I'll go first. So right now I'm having a black currant gosa from Upcountry. It's uh has black currant, sea salt, and coriander. Oh. And it and it's cooling down here in Orlando finally after months and months of rain and humidity. So I felt like <laughs> it was a good just transitional beer just to, you know. That sounds tasty. Is that a local brewery? Upcountry is in Asheville, North Carolina. Ah, okay. So you imported from Asheville. I and I went to get it and I- <laughs> hand, hand imported. I like it in the car. Yeah, Brigitte, what you got? Awesome. So I'm actually having a beer by uh, Weathered Souls. It's a Rwanda style French press. It's oh, Imperial milk style with hazelnut and Rwandan coffee. Yeah, I've I've you know Weathered Souls. Shout out to Marcus. I've heard about that beer. How do you how did you get that your hands on that one? Uh-huh. <laughs> Something we like to refer to as candle exchange. Ah, okay. Also, also known as beer karma. Beer karma. <laughs> Nick, what, what you, did you we know, for real? Like, hey, Junior. Yeah. This is for you. 
This is from Anchorage Brewing Company. Kindness. It's a an IPA with phantasm powder, mosaic hops, and contains milk sugar. I have no idea what phantasm powder is, but I'm going to say it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, it sounds like something will get you high because it's a, <laughs> it, it is a tasty. You, you guys tasty ever beer. heard of that phantasm powder? No, but I will say this: we are huge Anchorage fans. So we are, are you happy to? See, oh yeah. Yeah. We're happy to. We actually have another yeah, my, one. My, my second one. Our, our one lined up for when that one goes empty is Patterns IPA. Okay. Which is one of my favorite IPAs from from um, Anchorage. It is super smooth. I love this beer. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure I got that one to be honest with you. Um, but you know what though? Good on you guys for having beers on deck. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are these are professionals. Yeah, they are. They are professionals. <laughs> So b- before we get into the into the documentary, you know, one of the questions we always ask folks is, you know, their craft beer journey and how you got into it. Do you remember? Do you guys remember the first craft beer that you that you thought, oh, this is different than what I've been drinking before? Do you guys remember that? I mean, for him and I, I think it started quite a few years ago when we went to Asheville, right? Seven of years. All places, seven years ago. Okay. I think that's where it started for us. Um, what is the, was it Catawba beer that we had? Um, Farmer Ted's Farmer Cream Ted's Ale. Farmer Ted's Cream Ale from Catawba Brewing. It was unlike okay. anything yeah. I'd ever had. And it was the first time that, that we had had a flight of beer. It was like, oh, you can have smaller pours. Yeah. It's not <laughs> big, like massive, you know, Budweiser or whatever. Right. right. Pitcher is like, oh, you can have samples. Yeah. How, how cute. And that beer... Just not. It, it was just different. It was different. Yeah. Smooth. It was different because I mean, for me, I, I, I mean, before that, I did have let's say IPAs. Before, I didn't like it at all. Like my first one, <laughs> I didn't know what it was, and which brewery, but I didn't like the taste at all. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, going to Asheville and getting to taste more and more different types of uh, craft beers, let's say, yeah, definitely grew on me, right? Yeah, I remember even before that. The more I think about it, I, I'd had purple haze before. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like soda. I mean, whatever. <laughs> you kind of don't think about it, but but this one was was great, and it's still really good. And from that point forward, craft beer kind of became a thing for us. Where everywhere we go, it's like Google. You know, yeah. <laughs> What's the nearest brewery to me? And you know, yeah. To, I wouldn't say hundreds, but tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Tens of breweries around the country, everywhere we go. And yeah. and it's great, you know, because every new beer is an adventure. And yes. every place you go to is an adventure. And you get to meet new people, you know, like yourselves. And just enjoy drinking a new, just something new every time. And yeah, that's one well, of the pleasures of life is eating and drinking. So why not, you know? I, I love that. So... First off, this is episode number 50. Oh, it is. This is pre- yeah, so you guys are episode you guys, number 50. You guys are so. the big celebration episode for yeah. us. Number number 50. But I totally forgot about it's, that. Uh, it's interesting that in the 50 episodes, we've never actually talked about that before. That's a great question. The first time you had a flight. Yeah, that's true. Because I remember the first time I went to a brewery and I saw, oh, you, you mean I can order five at a time? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I can just see which one I like best? I, that was like That was like finding a unicorn. I know, because, you know, the, a lot of breweries have their staples and then small batches, and then it's like a little bit of each, right? And right. it's oh, this is the one, and then you and then you pile it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, great. What were you guys drinking before you discovered craft beer? Do you remember? Crap. Crap. 
I've heard of that. It's a great. I remember that brand. Crap. You know they're consistent, but they, but you know it's just not very good. Well, well, full disclosure. So, Bud Light, Miller Light. I was a huge Miller Light fan. I drank Miller Light everywhere I went. When she met me and we started dating. My whole bachelor pad was lined up with empty Miller Lite bottles. I I was conquering something special. (laughs) What was I I thinking? It's beers before Verheed and after. Something will be different. Yeah. Before Verheed, after Verheed. There you go. (laughs) So, So really, she upped your game. Yeah, super sophisticated, you know. Epicurious. For me, and... I mean, I was born in Aruba. He lived in Aruba as well. You know, island, super warm, super hot. So a lot of what we drank um, was those, you know, Budweiser's. Um, I never had a, a whatever you were drinking before, but uh, I did have Budweiser's and Heineken. It's what we had a lot on the island as well. And um, we also have our, have our own beers. Um, um, name me some Balashi. Those are more lager type beers. Uh-huh. That are most common on the island, so yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, we yeah. still, I still love the hell out of some Heineken and Amstel, though. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, I mean those those aren't bad beers. I mean to be to, to full full disclosure, like you said, I mean I'll drink a, a High Life. I have no problem drinking a High Life. I'd like like that cheap beer. He I loves like, High I Life like too, and I can yeah. Do it when it's in the hundreds or oh, when it's nice and it's cold here in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the champagne of beers. Yeah. Hey, the There's a, hey, look, it's called the champagne of beers for, for a reason. For a reason, yeah. you know, that, you know, you can you can do worse than that. Yeah, this yeah. is true. You can you can definitely you can definitely do worse. I've I've gone down the Natty Ice and Ice House Road just to try it, and good heavens, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what happened, you know, but yeah, it happened. Well, yeah, that was the thing in the early and mid '90s, right? Everybody had an ice brew. Yeah. That uh, was the ice, the icebergs, the icebergs. <laughs> All right, we we once made the mistake of the PBR ice. So I'm kind of interested before we talk about the film. Um, have you been? You guys been? Obviously, you guys met because of beer. Are you guys um, media people from from? I mean, tell me what's your background. I'm so, interested. So so we made this project because of beer, but we didn't connect because of beer. We we met through a friend, but that's that's different that's a different thing. Um <laughs> I I personally started getting getting involved in filmmaking in the late nineties. Okay. I was an engineering student prior and then I kind of had an epiphany, you know, I want to do film. So I switched education and I, I started out uh, at Florida Tech in Melbourne, which is an hour and 15 minute drive from here. And then I decided I want to get to film. And then I moved to Orlando and I've been in Orlando ever since. And during my my work, one one vacation time around Christmas 20, 2005, that's when we met. Okay. And, and when we got married, when was that? 2008. 2008. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me on the show, 2008. This when I got her involved in. Yeah. in production because she's had a background in, in marketing and PR in Aruba for, for uh-huh. the government. So, you know, she she knew how to be a producer and she's been a great producer and a great, you know, inspiration. That uh, that's a lovely story right there. Any anytime you can get your significant other to do to do what you do or vice versa, that's a good thing. 
Yep. So, My, so mine stays far away from the things. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah. She's smart. She's a teacher. Right. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. You know, we call ourselves two hands, twenty fingers. We're kind of like, you know, great name by the way. It may not make sense, but it's not meant to. It's more like our two hands joined together. Right. Right. And we're but, our twenty fingers. It made know? it made sense to me when I saw the name. I was like, that's actually brilliant. That should be a beer name. Yeah, you need to you need to make that a beer name. You need, uh, you need to collab with somebody. We, we got lucky with four twelve during Baron and Flow, and we were able to do uh, what was it? Thin Hands, which was that great Mexican lager that they did, and Thick Fingers, which was that. Stuff that uh, <laughs> uh, thin Hands stout. was inspired. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so close, close to uh, you know the the two the two hand uh, four hands twenty fingers. Two hands, that's, two hands, twenty fingers. Two hands, twenty fingers. Yes. It's confusing. Four hands would not be. Four hands. That, that's Four that's hands a whole different kind of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different. That's a different podcast. That's, a, that, that's a different show. <laughs> so let's let's get into uh, one pint at a time. When did when did it? Uh, what happened that you decided? You know what? There's a need for for this film. I'm kind of interested how where it came from. So that same trip, 2014, when you know, we kind of had our, our epiphany of, ooh, craft beer is amazing, right? So then from 2014 to like 2017, going, traveling, visiting breweries, becoming more knowledgeable about <clears throat> beer flavors and styles and, and whatnot and, and meeting people, you also kind of start to realize after a while, you look around, you're like, hmm, tap rooms <laughs> are very homogenous. Right. We're not being treated poorly or anything. Staff, everyone's nice. It's just one of those things that stuck out, and I didn't understand it, especially here in Orlando and the Tampa Bay, St. Pete area. It was kind of the same thing where, you know, you have 100 people in a tap room or let's say 60 to 80 people in a tap room, and there's two brown people, maybe one black person. And also going if, to beer festivals, right? Yeah, yeah if you're lucky and going to beer fest, mm -hmm. because we're talking like Tampa Bay Beer Week is a big beer event. Right. And not very diverse mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm so the documentary filmmaker in me. Started, <laughs> I, I went, hey, you know, we got to look into this. <laughs> you know, so I just started researching whatever I could. It just so happened that that was when uh, the Brewers Association had hired Dr. J to be like the diversity ambassador. So I realized something was afoot. Like right. it turned out that craft beer sales were plateauing. And they were plateauing because they weren't, um, you know, breweries weren't catering to a more diverse clientele. And by, you know, in, in the same vein, breweries weren't diverse, as diverse as they could be staff wise. Right. You dig even deeper and it's, well, less than 1% of breweries are owned and operated by African-Americans. Well, Jesus Christ. You know, and at that point, it's like, eh, I think this is time to do a documentary to, to give them their due. Because of the fact that when when you look at other countries, um, like those in Africa, for example, it's it's always been women are brewing. You know, it's a it's been a traditional thing. And and when you come to this country, you realize that all of that had been stripped away, right, over generations. And and so we kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. We have a long history of appropriation. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Very long history. You know, he, yeah, Nick is good because he he owns he owns it, so that's good. 
So he's uh, he's an ally, to say the least. We've earned it. Is how well, well you, yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, you've earned all the bullshit, right? <laughs> so so that's how that was born, and just absolutely, you know, boom, and slowly but surely the pieces came together in terms of who we were going to feature and why, and so be it. That that ended up being the film. Took us. Did that just years. did that just get your kind of creative and the way you think about documentaries? Just instantly, you were kind of clicking like these are the stories I want to tell. It wasn't instant because at first it was a lot broader. Um, it was more about because I had discovered that in Africa, it was mostly women that brewed. We figured, okay, we could do something that was more broader. So women and minorities in craft yeah. beer. So we, we, we had folks, we had more, we had a broader, uh, bigger cast originally, but we had to go with the stories that were mo the most compelling. Right. And, you know, so over the course of 60 to 90 minutes, you root for them. They're, they're, they're going through hell and they're coming out of it or, you know. Right. Whereas some of the other stories, maybe you can't carry that far, right, into a three-act structure arc. So you figure, well, you just don't waste the screen time on it. No, but I also think that it's, I mean, it's been four years, right? So when we started, like you said, it was very broad. We're talking to a lot of people, talking to um, female brewers in the Pink Boot Society, meeting female brewers here, and um, you know, also people of color brewers. But then at, at some point, we, we did notice that, okay, um, as important as the female aspect of it is, the diversity part of it, we noticed that the black people in beer, people of color in beer, I think that was a stronger story that needed to be told at that moment in time. Right. You say that in the future, maybe we won't do anything, right? As far as females in general, or, or a broader diversity in beer. But um, that's why we decided to focus on this this time. Yeah, that one percent really killed yeah. us, man. I was like, yeah. okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta yeah. focus in more yeah. and give them their due because, like, the films that we were researching, there, there were literally none out there that had done mm -hmm. stories ex like filmed exclusively about the black experience in craft beer. Right. You know, I mean, Port in Pennsylvania was the only one I remember seeing. Yeah. That the only one started to kind of sh do a story. Right. One story. Just interview Garrett Oliver. But do yeah. an actual you know, <laughs> black brewers, um, and and even featured like Carol Stout. So they were featuring you know important people in beer. So we figured we had a chance to kind of do something historical with our project. Yeah. Was it what wasn't Harris family in that one? And that that uh, yeah, that's why I remember that. Yeah. Correct. Go ahead, Brigitte. No, I just wanted to say because you mentioned Ford in Pennsylvania. I mean, there have been other documentaries made about beer. But a lot of it is showcasing the beer. How is beer made? And look how beautiful it is. You know, the beer and the flowing grains and you know, <laughs> the beer and all those beautiful shots. Right. But a lot of it was also your your typical um, bearded guy with the shirt. Right. right? right. That image that a lot of people have. But like you just mentioned, Ford in Pennsylvania is one of the few or the only one at that time um, featuring more diverse casts. So yeah, definitely, it's something that we identified with, obviously, right? Yeah. We as well. Do you remember? Um, I guess maybe that first story as you were collect started collecting interviews and stuff. Do you remember the first one that kind of really grabbed you and let and let you know you were you were onto something? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um, 
I don't know if I can answer like which one was the first. I I, I will say that Adam Zane from four from four twelve he worked with uh, Fury Brewing three years ago, and he was he was the first person we interviewed for the film, and he came at us firing with with passion and talking about <laughs> um, beer being a upper middle class to upper class white thing and it not being marketed in you know urban neighborhoods or, or middle class, lower class neighborhoods where a lot of minorities, he came at us with some real fury. Yeah. He worked for fury, but he was being very genuine too, obviously. Um, and that just starting there, I knew that, okay, there, there's going to be a lot more of this coming. So bring it on, you know? Yeah. But I think you also have to mention then, then to the, to the audience, to the people who are listening, right? Where, where we met him. Oh yeah. So we, so, yeah, so we yeah. met him at Pittsburgh during the inaugural Fresh Fest, which is now Barrel and Flow Fest. Right. And and that's where we started production. And it was meant to be kind of a, a networking trip for us originally. Because um, when we were following Pink Boot Society, an article about the first black beer festival in the country you know, to have to to happen in, in Pittsburgh, that landed in my Facebook feed, and I was stunned. <laughs> Nothing had ever been organized before. Yeah. So I contacted, uh, you know, the organizers, and and I said, look, I'm trying to create this documentary. You know, we're in the research and development phase right now, and this is what I want to do. Da, da, da. So they said, yeah, come out, and you know, you can talk to the brewers and network and whatever, and that's kind of what we did. It was just hunting and gathering footage and context for the, the longer film and when we were there we realized the importance of the event for the black brewing community at large so we decided to make a standalone short documentary from that event called the fresh perspective so so yeah so <laughs> i have to ask the question um you kind of touched on it you know going to Asheville and going to other places and drinking beer sure you go you go to fresh fest in 2018 um because when i went in 2019 where well, you were shocked as me I mean, I had never seen that many people of color at a beer festival. I was totally blown away by it. What, what, what did you guys think when you went? Oh, no, the same, definitely. It was the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, this is the most beautiful beer festival I've ever been to yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's since been 2019 upped that because you had Nappy Roots, which gave an incredible concert at the end. Yeah. And then this year at Barrel and Flow, with everyone kind of distant and it was a lot bigger, even upped it more and I, I can't wait for more of these events to, to keep coming man yeah that was that was an incredible sight i mean just that whole festival that, that was my first time this year was being out there just oh, okay. yeah walk in and see all of those brewers yeah it was it's i mean it's still anytime i talk about it, it still gives me goosebumps it's just one of those one of those events that you know it's, it's hard to explain until you actually go you know, I, I know people did the DigiFest and all that business. It's not the same. It's well, not, it's not the it, same. And it's hard to, you know, when Ed, Ed always talks about it, you know, being about the vibe, right? It's not just the beer. It's not just the festival. It's a, it's a vibe. Yeah. And it's hard to explain to people the vibe, the feeling, the atmosphere that goes on at that at that kind of thing. Yes. Speaking of vibe, it's mystery beer time. So Uh-oh. Here's the mystery beer bag right there. As you can see, it came from a golf course. We don't know which one. But we know who got the bag. I, normally, my things are in a brown paper bag, but I was in a hurry. So in honor of uh, Barrel and Flow, there's a collab right there from oh, Barrel and Flow right there. What do we got here? Junior! 
We're drinking Brew Gentlemen, Run the Jewels, Blockbuster Night Part 1. It's an IPA made with terpenes. Terpenes? Terpenes? Ter- terpenes? terpenes, I think. <laughs> Somebody smart in the brew world tell me what I'm doing. <laughs> so that was the collab. Yep. You know who Run the Jewels is? I do not. You need to go listen to Run the Jewels. It's a, it's a, it's a hip-hop group. They did a collab with a hip-hop group. There we pretty, go. pretty dope. Pretty dope. You know, that was the cool thing about, you know, even in in 19, just the, the amount of collabs that came out of that out of that festival and oh, you know I, I made a preemptive strike because i don't know about you guys well you guys you guys were working <laughs> but well, we, we did get to enjoy it more this yeah time. yeah yeah we we you know when when nappy roots came on i was you know by that time we had partnered up with with the folks that actually were covering the event for footage right so, so the you know work hard pittsburgh epicast oh nice nice they, they they are our associate producing partners on on the film so when nappy roots came out i'm like okay i'm done filming we put our cameras out and we were like we're gonna have to <laughs> just throw down it was great that's good that's really good what's the abv should we guess the abv i'm gonna say guess the abv i'm gonna say 6.5 percent. this is our new game uh, excuse me even without drinking do you want to do you want to throw out throw out a guess what's the style again it's an ipa just a regular ipa IPA made with terpenes. Okay. You guys want to give us a guess? 6.8. 6.5. I want to see. Brigitte, smart. I'm at 6.5. The actual retail ABV, 7%. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you win, sir. A good on you. Yeah. We'll, we'll send you. Yeah. Good, good job. So as you guys, I can't imagine, you know, somebody who, who likes to shoot and edit and that sort of thing. The amount of stories. I mean, you guys shot for, you know, for a couple of years. For, so four years. Okay. I mean, I'm an old newspaper guy. Four years. That's a lot of stories for me to write. That's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of editing. So, well, it's the, a lot of organic development too. You got to understand that, you know, these are people's lives and careers that you're documenting. You're not packaging something to profile someone as a fluff piece. Right. Got to let things happen the way they happen. And, yeah. and and that adds to the drama. And like last year we had the pandemic. Then we had Black is Beautiful. Yeah. The beer industry changed forever. You know, it was all these beautiful things that if I had whipped this film up in a year, we wouldn't have had any of that in the movie. Was there was there a point? And and, and I'm not. Nigel has experience in your world. I do, I do not. Um, but is there a point where you said we can't make the make it yet? We can't finish editing yet. We've got to keep going. I mean, was there a had you planned on it being maybe a one or two year project, and then you're like, no, we got more. To, we have more we need to do. Yes. So we were hoping to be done by the end of 2019 to release in 2020. Um, and originally, I mean, full disclosure, because I this won't give anything away. Um, I had hoped to make it a bit more of a competition documentary. So getting some of these black brewers to go to the GABF and compete. Oh wow. But unfortunately, where they were in their endeavors, it, it just became impossible to, to pull that off. Um, so, you know, I had to pivot and wait a little bit. Um, and before you knew it, we were in a pandemic situation and the film was kind of writing itself at that point. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm sitting there watching it again last night or Monday night. And as a filmmaker, it's, 
I mean, that's got to be weird. You're you're rolling along, making this film, and then all of a sudden, boom, you can't really do anything. What was that like as as a, as filmmakers? I mean, we did we did had to we did have to pivot, right? So you like you said, I mean, you still go along with the situation, keep in touch, you know, with the cast, and uh, hey, what are you up to? I mean, luckily, especially last year, we did end up traveling anyways, even though the pandemic was going on. You know, we were safe and everything. But I mean, uh, we had to do that, right? We couldn't just sit home and, uh, you know, have Zoom conversations, you know, with right. So we had to go where they were and, uh, like I said, make it work and pivot. And uh, um, the pandemic is another character, right? In the documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's like a guest star, you know what I'm saying? It like just pops in, you know, the, the ad lib actor. I can see how you would have to, though, you would still have to go get those interviews and chase those because you know, this kind of thing that we're on StreamYard right now is great for broadcasting and streaming stuff, but that doesn't make for quality interviews for a film. Yeah. No, but, you know, these are in the film yeah. because, right. you know, right. we, we, there was no way we were going to get to the actual locations to, to do the filming, but, but um, you know, when Black is Beautiful happened, that was our chance to call call in favors and 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 touch base with our broad network of filmmakers. A lot of them, fortunately, they like beer, so they were able to <laughs> grab their cameras and safely get the stuff that we needed them to to get in different parts of the country. And yeah. we had, you know, at one point we were filming with twenty breweries at the same time. Ah, wow. So yeah, that, and, I, and I wondered, I was like, are they going to all these places? So you, you gave a no, little bit away. No, had, no. Yeah, I know you did some, but obviously, you know, in the credits, you know, you kind of shout out the crew, which I thought was, was a, a nice touch because a lot of times people, you know, don't know who makes the sausage, right? So it's always cool to see, you know, the, some of the crews you guys had, but that's awesome that people around the country were, were like, oh yeah, we're going to get this part for you because in the film, it's seamless. Mm-hmm. You know, you. It looks like you guys did it all. Oh, we know? did, but, <laughs> but a bigger we, but a bigger we. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, the bigger we. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and, and that's and cool. That's all of them. I mean, they really they understood what I was doing. They understood, you know, why we wanted to do it, and we thought it was important to do it because, as the BIB movement was just blowing up, it's like you've got to catch it now. When everyone was was jumping on board, get it now. And it yeah. just kept growing and growing and growing. It was, it was, it was great. It was great. Um, it it just like I said, the the pandemic came and basically the the last third of the film kind of wrote itself. That's 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 that's, that's, that's when you know you've got a good. Story you know, it's going. it's like Fresh Fest slash Barrel and Flow. I mean, that thing is its own entity. I mean, I know Day and Ed, you know, have a vision for what they what they wanted to do, but they're probably standing back now. And like, wow, look at this, you know, three years in and it's turned into, you know, uh, uh, its own monster, if you will. That, you know, four years. Oh, okay. oh, you're right. 2018. You're right. You're right. We were we we even went to that was one of the places we went during the pandemic. We went to the Digifest. Yeah. We, yeah. I saw yeah, that. We, we were like, screw it. We're, just, we're, we're loyal to them. We want them to succeed. And we showed up and whatever they had going on, we shot, man. So, how, what was the reception? Obviously, you've got a, a bunch of players in in the in the film. 
what was it like when you reached out to them and you know when you're like hey this is what we're doing what what was the reception like when you guys reached out to these different folks you mean initially before? well yeah initially well <clears throat> and initially like i said it started with you know day and mike potter it started there right and and they were like the first contact and 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 they said yeah come on up but the thing is you know there's a lot of emotions that you go through when you arrive in pittsburgh and you see what you saw in 2019 you see it everyone is excited everyone's happy to share beer and share their stories and hug and and say oh my god there's more like me out there even as a patron I was like, wow, look at all these black and brown people. Right. And, and you know, men, women, gay, lesbian, whatever, it doesn't matter, straight. It, everyone was having a great time. So access to all of these folks was almost instantaneous. There was no resistance whatsoever. It was just a matter of does it make sense for us? It was almost like a luxury problem. It was like, <laughs> does it make sense for us to include this story? And why would we include this story? So it was more about we wanted that we we wanted a mix of some folks that were kind of in the middle of it, and folks that are starting out now. Right. But we wanted to make sure that there was some things that we could cover that added dramatic effect to their journey. So we didn't want like we didn't want like Union Craft, Kevin Blodgers Brewery. I mean, a respected guy he makes great beers. It's a multiple GABF or a medal winner, but there's no story there. It already happened. Right. He's done. He's done. He's or doing we, it. Yeah. We don't want to do Garrett Oliver because everyone knows him and, and his story is done and he's great. He's one of the best. Right. So you go with the young ones, so to speak, yeah. right? Up and comers. And that's kind of how we, we cherry picked it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also when we, when we started, right. If you think about um, how, how are people going to react? when we reach out to them, right? They don't know who we are. They don't know Aaron and Brigitte Jose, two hands, standing fingers. So it's more like, okay, explaining the intention, why we're making, you know, the film that we're making. And I, I do think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it, it does help in a sense that the black um, community in beer is a little bit smaller. So that if the people we met at Fresh Fest, then can vouch for us. So yes, I talked to them, they're good people. This is what they're trying to do. So that when we do actually speak to, one of the people we interview, because there have been many, they know who we are and what right. we're about, and that we can be trusted. Because we're not just anyone trying to um, use you, right, to um, for a film, basically. Right. Yeah, there's 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 been a lot of discussion going on um, around. You know, we should be the ones telling our own stories. Mm. You know, you know, people of color should be telling their own stories, and right. I've had this conversation with a number of them because they've had white producers that have more privilege contact them and they're like yeah no i'm not interested in talking about this but i kind of had to prove myself to going in say hey look i'm i'm in the same boat i'm on the patron side you're on the brewing side let's work together it, it definitely i would say helped a lot the fact that we produced that mm -hmm. short a fresh perspective Mm -hmm. The fact that we made a fresh perspective, it was starting to get in. Card, yeah, know, it was yeah. starting to get into all these festivals across the country. Yeah, it's a, just a 12-minute film about America's first black beer festival. Mm -hmm. But it packs all of the issues that are in one pint at a time into like this little nugget, <laughs> digestible chunk. Mm 
And, and the people that I sent this to, it's like, look, we're expanding this into a, a feature length piece in, over the next year or two. We'd like to talk to you if you'll have us. And that was another calling card was that film. And then every, people like, yeah, you know, let, let's do it. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Come, you know, come on up or, you know, if I'm, you know, it, they, they open, it opened doors for us. Mm. Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? I, I just, I think it's, I think it's interesting and it's worth talking about um, of telling your own stories, right? So that it's, it's not just me, the privileged guy walking in and saying, let me tell your story my way. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, I think, I think it is important to tell people why, why there is a push now for, for minority people, for groups to, to come together and tell their stories. It's about opportunity. And because, you know, as black brewers get more opportunities to advance, or create more opportunities to advance, they will allow us to have more opportunities to tell their stories. And, you know, it's like the rising tide, right? Yeah, right. Affects all ships. So that's kind of the thing. And it's like, we're only going to be able to advance if we advance together and tell each other stories. That's kind of, I think that's why that's important. And there are so many stories like this that need to be told yeah that we feel it it's it just feels great if someone who you can relate to culturally ethnically you know same ex life experiences perhaps you connect with that person and, and and together you tell these stories it just it just feels more authentic too because i feel like as a creator I bring a certain level of cultural authenticity to the table. It's not to say that someone who is, who is white, right, couldn't do it, but it's it's just. I think now now is the time for, just like for for black brewers to to rise up. It's like for minority creators to rise up with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you. <laughs> well, and look, it's it's as hard as you want. You're documentarian. You've. Been a, you've made documentaries. You've been a journalist. I my background is journalism. As much as you want to say you don't, we all bring our own perspectives to it, right? So, so I could go tell that story. I'd still miss something. As hard be, as I try, it's going to be different. I would still miss a part of, uh, you know, rhythm brewing. I'd, I'd still miss a part of her story because I just don't have the perspective. Yeah, and and we're human beings, right? So right. We we tend to gravitate towards folks that we feel com most comfortable around and it's just human nature that we in our in our siloed community so to speak we kind of gravitate towards each other so i feel like perhaps someone who looks like me and has same life experiences is going to give me more access than they would give someone like you absolutely right right absolutely and, and access is the most important thing to telling a very just like well-balanced human story because otherwise it's just a promo video. It's an interview. Right. But access, you can get in and, and op open, you know, peel back the onions and reveal more layers about the person. Well, uh, making them comfortable enough where they allow themselves to be vulnerable and not everybody can do that with every subject. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't want to give, <laughs> I don't want to do any spoilers. I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but I love the, I love what I really love about the documentary is like, I already know there can be sequels, right? Because there were so many stories and some of them aren't done. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, none of them are really done, but you can tell that some of them are like kind of right on that, that precipice of really doing more. And some are still in those beginning phases. And I, I liked that, that there was just the, 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 the barriers and the things that you were talking about. They're not pushed away. This is just the start of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we were hoping uh, with this film to create some opportunities to, to do like a series. Um, and, you know, we're working on developing some of these ideas into TV series concepts. So docu-series. Without giving too much away. Yeah, without giving. <laughs> so that, Hashtag no spoilers. <laughs> so, that is, so that is something that is in the works currently. And, and on some of these ideas, we're a little further along than others. Um, but the goal is, as Brigitte said earlier, to have a, this kind of like ongoing seasonal platform where we mm -hmm. can tell stories of Native American brewers and yeah, yeah. Hispanic yeah. brewers, you know, uh, LGD, you know, transgender, because I met, you know, transgender brewer and brewery owners, I've met them and, and I've heard the crap that they have to put up with and, and, and staying in the spaces where they're working. I mean, I've, I've heard it all. Mm. And it's like, wow, we need to we need to collect this into well, a series and, and, format. And also, I mean, with the with the female brewers, right, or females in the brewing industry, all hopefully have no, heard and known, you know, what has been going on with the right. sexual harassment in the beer industry with uh, with women. And uh, so, definitely, stories enough to tell. Yeah, mm -hmm. plenty plenty of stories to tell. Lots of stories. To is, tell. There, is there um, what's what's been the response? Um, you've got the you've got it done and. And the folks that are that are in the film, I'm guessing they've all seen it. What's what's been the response from from the folks that have been in, in the film? Well, they they've loved it. They've mm -hmm. been very appreciative. So, you know, some of them blown some, away. Some of them, I'd say, uh, emotional for them because mm -hmm. they recognize themselves in the stories. They recognize themselves in those stories. Before before the final version, you guys saw, we had a much longer version which we were privileged to share with some people in Atlanta. And yeah, it, it, it was a very strong and emotional moment for a lot of them. You know, some of the things that the characters go through in the film, they have gone through as well. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and their spouses noticed certain things that the film kind of brought to the surface that mm -hmm. they were not really thinking about prior yeah. to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I really, <laughs> again, not to give any spoilers away, but the, the Bastet uh, story was, I was like, wow. Cause that, you know, you kind of get to see, you know, the beginning and everything he went through and then the pandemic and this, it's, you know, it's, and, and, you know, to you guys credit, you're right. There's a lot of other stories out there. You know, you, you, you pick and uh, pick, pick and, and choose the, the ones you wanted, but there's probably a hundred other thousand other stories where everybody's gone through that you know, especially like like you said, Brigitte, you, you know, you throw the pandemic into the situation yeah. and that just affected everybody. But if you're trying to start a brewery in the middle of that, in the middle of that and yeah. being a minority, holy shit. Right. I mean, yeah. that's just a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, it did affect a lot of brewers in general last year. Some of them went under. Right. Because money wasn't coming in. Some of them were not able to get that restaurant license. Right. So they could open and sell beer inside right um and imagine if it was tough for non-minority owned brewers what about those that are minority owned right um yeah i mean they have to do everything they can to survive and um yeah I, I, i'm sure not all of them made it 
but uh, yeah, that's that's how they relate, you know, to the whole situation. Can, can I ask? Well, you're gonna get the next mystery beer. I am. Can I ask about a particular part of the film? I, I don't want to give anything away if you don't want me to. And I know that there are rules in the festival world. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, there's uh, and I'm dropping his name now. Cajun Fire. John Redgrove. Um, yeah. There's a spot where he's walking around by by an old theater, and he's telling a story, and he stops at a piece of graffiti, and he says it's his favorite quote. And the, and I'm I'm curious. I want to ask you about the quote. The quote was. Spray painted onto the wall. I got lost looking for myself in the dreams I chased. I kind of struggled with that because I wonder what it means, like what that meant, what what pulled to you when you decided to leave that part in the film. Why was that a moment? Well, because that holds that to me was the most personal that he ever got with us. Oh wow! Because he he's going through so much still even today that there's a certain persona that he just had to keep up a lot right out of times but that was the time when we he let himself be a little vulnerable you know and, and you live for that as a storyteller because he's talking about you know i come here to reflect and this is where i met my wife yeah we have a beautiful family and you know and he, and I, I don't mind throwing this out there but you know like a few seconds a few shots further down you see you know, uh, the door, the theater door that says a black man's door to opportunity and there's no yeah. and it's shut. Yeah. Right. And and it's just like what? And all the symbolism around that whole structure. I just had to have it in the film because it was like very poignant. We felt it just needed to be in there. Yeah. I, I and, and I asked because it seems. Just the words themselves make it seem like a very defeatist kind of quote, right? Like all of, if you take the context of the story that you were telling about him, all the trouble and the struggles he's had to get this going, and, and later in the film we find out he's still fighting hard to get something going in Louisiana. That just, I just wondered kind of why you because it just seemed like I'm chasing the stream, but man, I'm lost. And I just, I, I don't know, it struck me, and I kind of was, I was really kind of in, just in my head trying to figure out what what that meant to to, to you and him as you were putting that film together. Well, just. As you point out yourself, every day is a little more shit to handle. <laughs> that's a beard truth. name. Truth. That's yeah. a beard name. A little more shit, and, and and that's his situation. I know there there are other minority brewers out there that have a better situation, and there's some that have it equally as bad. He just happens to be in the deep south, in a city where until recently they didn't want to take down all their confederate statues so you can just imagine yeah, yeah. What right that deals with yeah on a daily basis yeah you know and having to be you know like like some of i can tell you now like some of the things that that we got into more detail about which we i, I couldn't find a way to work in but i'll just share this with you it's not a spoiler but it's interesting trivia but <laughs> Um, some of the things that he talked about, about being involved in, uh, what is it, when they have meetings, like town halls and stuff like that, he would go and he would he would speak and he would try to say, hey, this is the crap that's going on. Because he has he has a degree, a, a degree from University of Florida in social something, and, and it allowed him to fight against the crap that he was fighting with towards the end of the film. Do you remember more or less what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. So where those things were defeated, his, his degree is in that 
arena. So he was able to step up and punch all those down. But he's right. dealing with that. Yeah. He's dealing with lawsuits all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Beer? Beer. We've got uh, City Barrel. Good luck. It's an American lager. I got, I got some. I got a, a soft uh, soft spot in my heart for 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 John. Um, fall, a small story. I went to Mardi Gras for years, and there was a scene in 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 the movie where he's pouring on the parade route. And I remember because the, there was a party that happens behind him. There's some friends of mine that threw this party every year right on the parade route. And I remember him pull, uh, walking. I'm like, what the hell? Somebody's pouring beer? And that was the first time I met him. And I was like, oh, my God. So I've been a fan of his. Probably, that was probably in, man, 2017 when he started. When he was pouring on, on the parade route. Because nobody's pouring beer on the parade route. That's not, you don't see that. You know. So I met him there. And I've, I've always had mad love for them. Because even back then, there wasn't, there wasn't really a beer scene in New Orleans. I mean, even when I lived there, there was there was no, I mean, Nola Brewing was it. No, no, I take that back. It was Abita. That was the only brewery in town. So it, you know, it's, it's cool to see him still. You know, I know it's been a struggle for that brother, but to see him still uh, plugging along and, you know, he's made some headway, not as much as he'd like. But then again, you know, Louisiana got some antiquated damn laws, so there's that. But you know, uh, you know, good on that brother for you know, keeping the, the dream alive because <laughs> this beer was good. I mean, you know, and even the people I was with the, who don't drink craft beer, I'm like, got to try this brother's beer mm-hmm. because think about it. Up until that point, I hadn't, hadn't had a person of colors beer that, that had been brewed. I had not. So for me, it was like, Oh shit. Got it. Got to represent. So, you know, good on that brother. And I, I love, you know, that you guys got him in the film because he's a really good dude. It's a really yeah. good dude. Yeah, yeah, he is, and and I admire his passion and his resilience. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's gone through it. Are, are there any stories uh, that you guys um, were like, maybe were surprised by, or that uh, that hit your heart more than others in in the movie? I mean, for me as a as a as a woman, I do identify uh, a lot with Alyssa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What's the... She's she's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I identify a lot with her. I mean, she's a she's a hustler, hard worker. You know, her boots on the ground. She does what she has to do. Yeah. She's working at it every single day, and I feel like she doesn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do identify with her a lot. So that's uh, yeah. That's uh. Aaron, what... how about you? What about you? I gotta go with John. Gotcha. I got to go with, with John because he is just not going to give up. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been at it for a while. Why would you give up at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, what, you know, you mentioned uh, meeting him in 2017. That's a great experience. Thanks for sharing that. I had no idea. But Cajun Fire Brewing Company is the first African-American brewery in the, in the South. Right. They've been a, a, incorporated since 2011. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're, not, they're not like this overnight thing. No, they've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, they've been hustling for 10 years. And you have folks that just drop into Louisiana and get a brewery up and running in like a year, year and a half. Yeah. Like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look at him. He's yeah. just now, since last uh, November, 
able to get his his brews locally distributed. That's crazy. When 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 there's other breweries who are way younger who oh, have, yeah. had the, have had have had the opportunities. You know what I'm saying? It's almost part of their business plan. Like, oh, yep, you're in. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you know, no no shade to them, but goddamn. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why? Why doesn't John have a, you know, a location? And I, and I, and I get it. You know, you know, <laughs> some people don't. You know, and we talk about this on the show. Some some people think craft beer, and they think bar, and it's not the same. No. You know that was a thing. That was a thing with the pandemic here and some other places. Well, you got all these restri- restrictions. The same restrictions on a bar is the same on a brewery. I'm like, well, they're two different animals. One is they're... a lot cleaner than the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly abs- right. Absolutely. They're a lot safer than the other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, breweries are it's just a different, you know, to 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 steal Ed's word, it's a vibe at a brewery. You know, I mean, it's not it's not a bar. Craft beer is community. It, it is, you know. Very family oriented, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Bar, bars are bars. So I mean, I mean, walk into like everybody in their life needs to go to the Friday night bottle share at Barrel and Flow. Oh my god! <laughs> I I knew Nigel. I had met like what ten or twelve people through our podcast remotely during the pandemic, but I had absolutely no problems talking to anybody in that room. And half of them knew you. Which was okay. Which was weird. People are recognizing two doofuses talking about beer, um, <laughs> but it's also the first time in my life I went to a beer event, and I'm the minority. Yeah. How that feel? Yeah. How did it feel? How did it feel? For yeah, you? that's a good question. Ah, uh, you know, it was. It, I noticed it. Obviously, I noticed. <laughs> but man, the people are so wow. The people are so cool. I mean, you know, it's just it was quickly forgotten. Yeah. Right? It was quickly forgotten because the people were so cool. I mean, you just bump into somebody and all of a sudden it's 30 minutes later and you've exchanged life stories. Yeah. And, and, and you've had seven beers. And, <laughs> and, and, and most of them great. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the beers were incredible. And 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 you guys, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, the night of the bottle share, we hung out in the hotel room with War Cloud. <laughs> I, look, I, I like to say I'm pro-level. I'm nowhere near their level. <laughs> those, uh, <laughs> those guys, I tell you. But but you know they you know shout out to to Warcloud. You know we were at the bottle show. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? And they rolled up to us. What up, Nick and Nigel? It was we were like, oh. I didn't even recognize him. Yeah, yeah, they were. They seemed like they were in in, in uh, under you know because they the they were incognito. They were they yeah. were in ninja mode. Yeah, they, as they as they as they want to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but what was uh what was uh what was y'all's favorite part of the of the fest this year? I know you guys were kind of working, but you were kind of trying to enjoy it as well. That's what it was for us because we've never done that before. Yep. So, right. never, I mean, we didn't like officially collab. Like we weren't, we didn't go to four twelve weeks before and do all the assistant brewing. We had meetings about the creative process and ingredients, still counts and, and ingredients <laughs> and like our childhood and you know mango reminds us of our childhood and. You know that uh, they had had a beer at, at 2019 that I loved, and and I wanted something similar, um, chocolate base and coconut base. So you know that's the, that was the extent of the collaboration. But being there and being able to, you know, 
with the jockey box and just pour into something we'd never done before, like our first collab. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we don't homebrew, and we're not gonna. I don't foresee I don't us getting <laughs> into brewing because it's a lot of janitorial work. Glorified. Janitorial work. <laughs> I, I like him. <laughs> but, but I will say this: if it's great, I'm gonna drink it. So I'm gonna keep drinking beer, and and that was to me that was the fit my favorite part. It was yeah. just. That Being able good. to hang out and pour and just go, wow, we this is like our beer. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever made so many friends in one weekend? Yeah, in, 20, I mean, in, 20, I mean, in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just incredible to me. Yeah. No, but that was my favorite part as well. I mean, the, the collab, 100% with um, Fort Wells Brewing and, uh, you know, having our own beers there, but more so being free to walk around and meet all these people we met during the years. People yeah. in Atlanta, people we met at Fresh Fest, you know, yeah. everything. Have beer with them. That that definitely was my favorite part. Isn't that the brewery we went to four twelve in Pittsburgh? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, we, it was. Yeah, we, so we spent. We we, didn't, made, we made friends outside of the festival. Yeah, we 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 did, <laughs> we stayed an extra day, so we stayed till till Monday, and so we went on a uh, walkabout, a little walkabout around Pittsburgh, and we ended up at four twelve because we had met some people from there, and then we met some other people. We said, "Well, there's another brewery down the street," and then we went to the next brewery, and then we hopped in. Their car and it took us to another brewery <laughs> and a distillery. Had, yeah, we we had just met these folks. It was you know Pittsburgh was pretty damn friendly. I think a, a little shout out to Four Points. We made we made all our friends. Yeah, at four, four points. Four points. At four yeah. points. Yeah. We went to Four Points and then Allegheny City. Yeah, we four, should. Yeah. Four points. Four one two. We went to Allegheny City. Allegheny City. Stretch of four twelve with Four Points in Allegheny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We sure did. And then there was there was a, a, a cocktail bar around somewhere around there that we went to. There, there was a distillery and then a cocktail bar. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, we we uh we did Pittsburgh right, I think, except for the, you know, they got the little scooters, you know, the, the things you put the money in to, to ride. We, you know, us being uh, uh, of a certain age, <laughs> we had a hard time. We had a hard time figuring them out. Once, but once we got them started, once, once we learned you had to kickstart them. Yeah, you had to you had to you know to do one of those to get it going. Um, and then we were going to uh, four twelve. And we couldn't park them there. So apparently in Pittsburgh, there are certain zones. Certain you zones park you can't park them. It won't. It won't turn off until you they're, go like a block and a half. They're, they're blocked. That's how they work. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. blocked. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Find. Yeah. And you might have to walk uphill to find them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it, it's a, it was a good walk to actually find one. Yeah. You remember that? We, yeah. It was well past Heinz Field. Yeah. It was, <laughs> But you know, it was it was. You know part, what? It was that that walkabout was the best decision we made. It was part of the uh, adventure. It, it, it really was. I mean, and and I tell people all the time, I got a got a whole crew coming next year supposedly, because the the I had some other friends who didn't get didn't come didn't do it this year, even though they had tickets for nineteen. We or are for twenty going next year, but yeah, absolutely, the first time ever as vendors. No, sorry, as patrons. patrons. Are you? Oh, that's well, nice. Well, I'm sure you guys will be VIP, right? Yeah. Because that's the way that's the way to go. That's, yeah. It's the only way to go. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly pony up the money to support them and, and go and 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 just drink and have a good time. Yeah. And not have to worry about the movie. You know, hopefully we'll be working on a on a series or two by then, but but it'll just be like a vacation, finally. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. We, we've been to Pittsburgh four times. We do like it. It's growing on us. I love just the mountains and the, it's, the yeah, it's beautiful the bridges. I just love all of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. uh, so it's kind of a unique city. I I, I really dig it. Yeah, beer uh, damn good too. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, I, I'm surprised how 
even when I went in 19, I had no, I had, I know, I had no idea about Pittsburgh as far as a beer city, but it really is. It really is. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you, I've told this story a million times. The reason I, I discovered Ed and Day's drinking partners podcast. That's how I learned about fresh fest. And okay. so I, I've been a fanboy ever since of those guys. And, you know, I told him when I went up there, I'm like, uh, we're doing a podcast because of you guys. So I told him, I said, you That's guys are the, are the reason that we, we, we do a podcast. There's no other way. There's no two ways about it. And plus I was inspired by, by, you know, by fresh fest because, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this show, you know, we need to get some more color in some of these tap rooms and some of these, you know, breweries and, you know, to, and Kansas city needs that badly because I'm tired of being, you know, the one of, well, last weekend will be a good example. I went to, uh, I went to two, three breweries. Um, (laughs) one brewery, I was the only brother. Yeah. The the second brewery, I was one of, one of three and the third brewery that I was the only one. So, and Kansas city is 30% black. So there's some work to do here as well. So, um, yeah, that that's that's weird. I'm telling you, and, and especially in cities like what you just mentioned, where there's such a massive minority population. So even like Hispanics and well, no, I'm I'm gonna take it further. Like we were in Detroit, yeah, and and we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously? But I will also say this: Look, Kansas City is a very segregated town. It Still, is. It is. And most of the breweries are not where those 30% are living. I mean, that's changing a little bit. But but let's let's keep it real, Nick. And we've talked about this. You guys have heard of Boulevard Brewing, right? Mm-hmm. I um, really <laughs> like Boulevard. Am I allowed to say that I really like Boulevard Brewing? No, you can. You, you can. can. You know, despite they got stuff to work on. D- despite the assholes that, that, that they got rid of. But yeah. Boulevard is is in a largely Hispanic neighborhood. Really? Absolutely. And there's another brewery right around the corner from there. Who and, makes fantastic beers as and, well. And, and it's a Hispanic neighborhood. And as long as I've been going to Boulevard, I don't see anybody brown up in there. Mm. Um, I've, I've, I've got two brothers that used to work there. Um, really, it's, it's really mostly women, to be honest with you. I mean, when I go up in there, most of the drinkers are women. But, you know, this is my difficulty with opening a brewery in in a part of town where you know you're not even looking to get the people who are who live there to work there you got to do you got to do something i mean we talked we talked about we had um our brother on last week uh uh damon and you know he's really you know trying to get you know beer in this town uh, to the latinx community and it it talks about being intentional so if he puts it and, and and you know if you're gonna do that, you know I, I don't I don't get it. I I guess it's perspective. If you know, like you talked about before, Aaron, you kind of gravitate to the people that you know or that you're comfortable with. You know, we got to get some people to get out of their comfort zone and be like, okay, let's take a chance on, you know, shout out to culture, beer culture that you guys had in the documentary. They're very intentional. Yeah, I mean, that that's that scholarship program. I mean, that's that's brilliant. I mean, I'm gonna. As as Nick likes to say, uh, R and D, rob and duplicate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to do that here, I, and I I want to talk to some people about okay, how can we make that happen? Even even if it doesn't, 
end up somebody working at that brewery, at least they get some experience to they can go someplace else and use it. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe they don't, they don't even, they don't even know that they're interested in brewing right. or working at a brewery. You know, it's, uh, uh, Brigitte, you, you kind of said it, it's about, you know, yeah. awareness, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I do. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, you're fine. I think it has to do a lot with, um, how available are craft beer to the people who live in those areas where you say, Oh, you know, they don't drink beer or black people don't go into the breweries. Maybe they're not familiar with it. They're not exposed enough to those craft yeah. beers. So instead of thinking, you know, like, oh, let's go here and open a brewery and hope that people will come and drink the beer, right? And see themselves in the brewery, start smaller, go go and try to convince those uh, liquor stores to carry or supermarkets, whatever, to carry more craft beer. Yeah. We buy, you know, um, by black brewers, but craft beer in general, right? Expose right. The craft beer. And, um, you know, show them that it's there. And then maybe have them start thinking about more. Okay, so this is what it is. Let me go out and explore, you know, outside of my area. But that's yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, that the fact that you mentioned about this other brewery mm. around the corner from Boulevard being in a mostly Hispanic neighborhood mm. and it's still not being frequented by them, Yeah. That, that's on the brewery. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, that's 95. Well, OK, 100 percent on the brewery because, mm. you know, where you are located. By right. Right. Marketing and, yeah. Marketing and just yeah. access, creating some kind of access and comfort, you know, understanding culturally who these folks are and, and maybe changing how you are a little bit to make them feel more comfortable to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we've used this word a lot today, but it's all about being intentional, right? It's intentionality is required, whether that's in your marketing, whether that's where you choose to put your brewery and how you act and how you create access. I mean, everything. I mean, if we look at all of the many stupid cultural and society problems we have. Mm-hmm. Intentionality is part of that answer. It's doing things with a purpose to make change. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to nerd out a little bit as Nick opens this last mystery beer. What we got there? It's getting dark. <laughs> You're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> rye Way to Heaven. It's a rye ale from Revolution Brewing. Oh, we know that's going to be good. Yeah. Okay. The VSOJ makers. Yeah. So good, good n- nerding out a little bit, I'm interested in, in what you guys shoot with. <laughs> wow well i did i did see in, i did see in the credits i know i i know i know you were rocking the iphone with the little rig um actually the, app, the samsung s10 okay no, sorry it's not, not an iphone my bad <laughs> so you're you're gonna get a kick out of this nigel we used just about every single mirrorless camera under the sun other than like an Alexa or something along those lines. Uh-huh. So most of principal photography, when, when I'm shooting, I use the Lumix, the Panasonic Lumix GH5. Oh, yeah. With a speed booster, which had EF mounts. So my, my lenses were roking on lenses, very fast roking on lenses. So it gave you that real sexy, shallow depth of field look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could shoot, you know, slow-mo. So you get those really nice, pretty pictures. Yeah. We had everything from like Sony A7S II a to a Red Epic 5K to a Sony FS7, FS5, A7 III, 
to a Samsung S10 using Filmic Pro shooting flat so we can color correct it and uh, do a better color grade on the footage. We had iPhone footage. We had a, a DJI, DJI Mavic Pro 2 shooting aerials. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple of GoPro shots in that many, but we had some of those we had. Now I can jump over to like when, when the Black is Beautiful thing happened. That was all over the place. So we had like uh, <laughs> Canon C300, Canon C100, um, Panasonic, uh, another Panasonic GH5, G9. And it's talking about culling all this material. Yeah. Getting it, all the formats to work in tandem. What, what'd you cut it on? Premiere. Okay. Okay. Nigel's always trying to tell me to get rid of Premiere. Well, no, nah, this no, I have no problem with Premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I've been a, I've, I've been a Premiere guy and a Final Cut guy, and you know, I can, you know, a, a good workman never blames his tools. First of all, <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna, no one's gonna say, oh, that looks like it was cut on Premiere. They're not. No, you can't tell. I just, it, it, for me, my brain works better with Final Cut. I'm just gonna say that. My and brain I, says I'm cheap. I'm already paying for Adobe. So like the, <laughs> 10, the X. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so whenever, so when they released X is when I, I said I'm never using Final Cut again, and I never did. And, and, and to, you know, to your point, I was the same way. I was like, what in the hell did they do? And it was a learning curve, and then I figured it out because before that, I was uh, when I lived in New Orleans, we were we had just started cutting on Premiere at the TV station I was working at, mm-hmm. so I was familiar with Premiere, and I was like, oh. They're trying to emulate Final Cut, and then I could jump back on Final Cut. And they're not dissimilar. They're just, they have just different ways of getting to the same points, you know. So, you know, to each his own. Again, a work, a good workman never blames his tools. This beer is fabulous. That is Should we guess the ABV? I'm going to say 11.4%. So, is, what is it? What's the style? Um, sorry, rye ale. Rye ale. Aged in rye barrels. So, what, what do you guys think? Bear, oh, ABV. That's a 12 and a half. I went 11 and a half. Brigitte, what you got? We'll go with 11. 11? Your actual retail <laughs> ABV? 15.8. Oh, my God. We, we were we were not so great on the ABV game today. No, we're, Aaron, we're going to get you on the prices right, bro. <laughs> you know. I'm, having, I'm having a Anchorage Brewing Medusa which is a fantastic double India pale L double dry hopped. 10.5%? It actually is. What do you think it is? I said 10.5. You said a double, right? Yeah, it's double IPA. Nick, what you got? I'm going to go higher. You're going to go higher. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's No, it's 8.4. Ah, oh, boo. <laughs> I think he had a little gleam in his eye that made me think, oh, he's pulling one over. <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, Anchorage, there was like a little sparkle off your glasses. I have not had a bad Anchorage beer. And, and Actually, I, I'm having one as well. So the one from before. Yeah, Patterns. Patterns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. We'll, we'll, put, we'll put those in the description of, of the pod. Yeah. Uh, Junior. God, they're so good. We, we have a listener, Junior, who, who, who gets upset if we don't tell him all the beers we're drinking. <laughs> So so what's what's next for the film? Uh, it's done. What's next? Woo, this is the fun part. Well, no, it's all been fun. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> so we are having our official theatrical world premiere in Indianapolis. 
No shit. At the 30th Heartland International Film Festival, which is one of the most prestigious regional film festivals in the country. Nice. And well it'll be on October 10th at 3.15 p.m. with a encore screening on the 16th at 5.15 p.m. at the Can Can Cinema. Can Can Cinema in Brasserie in Indianapolis. And that's the first. Yeah. Um, we have been invited to 18 film festivals. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, that's awesome. And, and it's all between October. <laughs> and, and October and November. And two, really? two that are already for next January. So, wow. So, so let me do a quick rundown here. So we will be, that same week, we'll be at the Baltimore International Black Film Festival. We'll be at the Tryon International Film Festival in North Carolina. And then we'll be going to the twin. The, so just a number of different festivals. So like the Urban Media Makers Festival in, in Georgia, the Twin Cities Black Film Festival in Minneapolis, um, Montclair Film Festival in New Jersey, which you know features Mont, the film features a cameo from Montclair Brewery. So we'd yeah. be very happy to get into that festival. We're going to be going to the Tallgrass Film Festival, which is all, it's the 19th annual. It's also a big event in, in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival, which is the 36th year. Um, the 30th St. Louis International Film Festival will be there. Um, Charlotte Film Festival, New Film New Filmmakers, LA, Bushwick Film Festival in, in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah, it's, and, and yeah, we, we keep getting emails too that, you know, like we're in, in, in the running and they have questions about you know, have you screened here already? Have you? So, <laughs> so we know. So we know that they're they want us. So that's gonna be it's gonna be a good run for us. So do you go to all of these in Absolutely person? Not. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a we need to start a GoFundMe to get you guys to be at all the festivals. That would be awesome. So so I'll announce it on your show. We're going to launch something along those lines yeah. soon. Okay, good. Soon, but logistically we can't be at all festivals even if we wanted to because some of them are literally the same week yeah. like just, i said there's there's roughly 15 of them october november and there's so much overlap yeah yeah it's like you know we're definitely going to be in heartland for the premiere we're going to be in Tallgrass for the kansas premiere and montclair for the new jersey premiere sounds like we need a road trip to wichita when, when's the wichita one uh october 23rd well Ooh. Well, you can't make it. That's the wife's birthday. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> birthday present. Let's go to Wichita. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, we're, we're going to have two theatrical screenings in Montclair on the 26th and the 27th. And um, it, it'll be the screenings are co-sponsored co by New Jersey Beer Company. And we're, we're going to be potentially doing a collab beer with Montclair as well, kind of like awesome. what we did with Maryland Flow. Yeah. Um, pretty soon we'll know when we're going to be screening at the Orlando Film Festival, which is going to be our big local nice, premiere, nice local. which is, which is literally 20 minutes from the house downtown in the downtown cinemas and Fort Lauderdale gave us four slots. So that's, wow, that's big. So we're, we're looking to partner up with the folks at Pink Book Society, Florida chapter and Fem, Fem Ale Brewfest to, to fill the seats, you know? What's what's it like to to get it done and now you're getting all this love? What how how's it feel for you guys to? Oh, it's you know? a, it's it's wonderful. Like when we were waiting for the first very first one, it was so stressful because you always <laughs> you never know, right? So you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's 
nerve-wracking but then we got the first one i'm like okay good good and then they started coming in yeah we were thinking you know if yeah. we can get into like three or four yeah. before the end of the year we can you know we can we can make something work and, and, and so that's been kind of my experience especially when working with feature-length projects that it's slow in coming right it, it mm. takes time to build momentum um and we got seven rejections right out of the gate yeah why would they reject you that's rude well, they, they, you know, my, my think my thinking was maybe they just wanted twelve minutes of black and beer, and they didn't want more than that. Uh, that's that was my thinking for some of them because some of these events had screened a fresh perspective. So I was thinking they'd be interested in the longer, right. and they didn't pick us. So that hurt. But you you know whatever you end up premiering at Heartland, and it's like well you know thank you yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, after those seven, that just it started one yes after the other. It was just like boom, 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 and now to be at almost twenty, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's beautiful. And we well, have congratulations on yeah. that. Is fantastic. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Um, we can't we can't run out of here without asking. I've never been to Orlando when I knew about craft beer. What's the Orlando scene like in craft beer? Pretty good. You said pretty good. <laughs> no, pretty good. I mean, it, it's not it's not Tampa, St. Pete, because there's a lot more history there too. Ah, okay. You know, it's it's younger, but it's still really good. Okay. If so, what what brew would you brewery would you recommend in Orlando? So okay, so I have some favorites. Okay, we we we, we differ a, a little bit, I think, but I like Bowegan's Beer Company. Shout out to Bobby and his crew. I like. Hourglass, shout out to Michael Delancey and his crew. He knows everybody down there, apparently. And, <laughs> and, and we both really like Sanford Brewing because they also have great food. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like some of the stuff that that Deviant Wolf puts out and Sideword puts out. I think all of them have a really a beer that we really like. Yeah, you know, they have you know preference and you know Ivanhoe Brewing has yeah. some really solid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, they're all red, red light, red light. They're they're a bottle shop slash now more recently a brewery, one of the best bottle shops in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it like I said, there, there's a lot of great beer in in in, in pockets, yeah. and not not hard to find. Gotcha. So I mentioned to you like some of my favorites. Oh, Tactical Brewing, my God, they make really good ones too. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, and and actually, Three Odd Guys, which opened in a popka, is also. One of the owners is black, so that's like the first black-owned brewery in, in this area. Wow! So, very cool. Very been cool. Over a year, I think, roughly year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Orlando needs to happen. Yeah. I, you know, I, I went to Orlando, but I I drove to um, Ocala, <laughs> and there's nothing in Ocala. Hi. Well, there's only there's only uh, infinite, and that's where I ended up because much like you. I'm at the hotel and I I, I said Google Google where, where where's the closest brewery and Infinite was good. Well, you might you might like to know that MAE Brewing is out in Ocala now, which is a Colombian owned brewery. Oh, that must be new. Three Colum- it's fairly new. Yeah, like a year year and a half. Three Colombian brothers opened that. I mean, there's okay. Orlando Beer Festival coming up. When is it again? November. Usually. November. Right. Orlando yeah. Beer Festival. They all, they all kind of come out. A lot of the local breweries will be there. Yeah, Oviedo is Asian owned. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Indian guy. So okay. Like beer, I like the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really like Crooked Can because of the vibe. Yeah. 
and and they have something called domestic bliss which is just great yeah it's a belgian strong double digit High gravity. <laughs> so, so do you prefer high gravity there, Aaron? What's, what's I do. You, you, you do. Know. I, you do. Notice. <laughs> I do. Sanford Brewing has something called a panty dropper, which is a like a golden strong. It's also also amazing. Yes. <laughs> the old panty dropper. <laughs> Who doesn't love that? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 really been awesome to have you guys on. I'm looking forward. I'm glad you hit me up when I saw you. Like we need to do it soon. So I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Um, yeah, I'm, we can I'm, get all those details out because we were kind of yeah kinda knew what was going on, but we couldn't share it until after September 17th. Public. Well, you know the 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 nice thing is you know us in Kansas City, you know this at least it's an expose you know uh, one pint at a time to some folks who had never heard of it. So. You know that's that's what you want, right? You okay. want you you know you want everybody to see. It. And of course, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rep it. We're gonna rep it on social media um, when it comes out. But definitely when the, when we drop this episode right before the premiere. And you know, Wichita is a short drive, folks. You can get out there. Go to the Wichita. What oh. day is that? Is that like on a, is that on a Wednesday or a Thursday? That is a Saturday. The twenty third is, is a Saturday. I yeah. Think. Okay. What is that? A couple hours? Two, uh, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half hours from here. So. We might show up. <laughs> so, well, if you do, let me know. Okay. Get you in. It'd be for great. sure. For sure. Tell people tell people how they can find you and support you on social media. I'll let my producer handle this one. Come on, producer. <laughs> okay, so we're very easy to find. It's One Fine Film, basically, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, onefinefilm.com. That's uh, our website. That's where you can find all the information as well. Um, I'm currently updating it with all the screenings that are coming up. And um, yeah, hopefully soon. Uh, we'll uh, by the end of the weekend, everything yeah. will be updated with the screenings. We'll do a little one fine film. Yeah, That's we'll do a little bit of a push. O n e p i n t f i l m. Yeah. If they can't spell that, then <laughs> I don't even want to know them if they can't I mean, spell it's, it. It's on the shirt, right? And for those who are and for those who are listening, O n e p i n t f i f i l m. The future of craft beer in America. Exactly. Hey, Nick, where can they find us? You know what? We are also Beers with Nigel on Facebook, on Instagram, on Nigel's favorite social media, Beer Twitter. Beer Twitter. And what, what and else? You can watch or listen to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And guess what? You can even say, Alexa, play that Beers with Nigel podcast. And if you prefer, prefer video, you got Vimeo and you've got YouTube. Yeah, if you're a nerd like Nigel and our, our now good friends, you probably want to go to Vimeo. If Amazing. you're just a normal person, you're going to go to YouTube. <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a button and pay some bills. Don't run off. Don't run off. You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.